Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. Although, to be honest, I am actually recording this on Saturday afternoon, so if you sent me something or some huge bomb drops between now and Sunday, obviously I will pick it up next week and let you all know, and if I miss you in the shoutouts, I will give you a shoutout next week, and also on my National Security Radio Show, but for those that did get it under the radar, that would be Jay Dance, Chris Fellon, and Barrett Peterson. Guys, thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way all of you is always appreciated. And with that, we are going to start with the world's leading copper producer known as Arubis. Now, according to a statement from the German Germany-based Arubis, the attack was detected on October 28 in the evening in which attackers targeted their IT systems, but the company su- uh, suspects it was part of a more extensive operation launched against uh, basically the mining and metal metal sector in general. Now, as a result, uh, various systems at Aruba's sites were forced to go offline to prevent further damage. Now, there is no clarity at the moment on whether this attack was large-scale, although the preventative measures taken by Aruba's indicate a ransomware attack, and obviously I'll keep you up to date as we get more information. Moving on, next up is Amazon. Yes, Amazon, the largest behemoth of the world. Here we are. Security researcher Anurag Sen found a database filled with Amazon Prime viewing habits stored on an internal Amazon server that was accessible to the internet. It had no protection whatsoever, not even a password, and the data within it could have been accessed by anybody that simply got the IP address. Now, this was an Elasticsearch database known as Sauron, so you figure that one out for Amazon. It contained about 215 million entries of pseudonym, pseudonized, uh, pseudonymized uh, viewing data, like anonymous, right? Viewing data such as uh, the name of the show or movie that is being streamed, what device it was streamed on, and other internal data like the network quality and details uh, basically about their subscription, such as if they were an Amazon Prime member or not. Now, according to Shodan, that which spiders the internet looking for open things, the search engine basically said that that was first detected and exposed on the internet on September 30th. And so there you go. So heads up, Amazon users, you might have been pseudonymized if you're a Prime member, but they know what you're watching and they are studying you. Moving on, let's talk about Boeing's Jepson subsidiary. And I quote, We are currently experiencing technical issues with some of our products, services, and communication channels. We are working to restore functionality as soon as possible. Now, they were apparently down and down hard as of, or I guess should say through November 3rd. Uh, I'll keep you up to date on that. We don't have much more at this time. This was a breaking story at that moment as well, and they have not formally declared beyond that statement. Moving on, let's talk about education giant Chegg because they had poor uh, data security at their education uh, infrastructure and they exposed student and workers' personal information not once but four times in various ways over the past four years. And this is according to uh, basically the complaint by the FTC. Now, in response, the American Consumer Watchdog ordered the company to better protect the data that they have, including encryption of sensitive information, providing multi-factor authentication to users and employees, limiting the amount of personal information it collects and retains, and training staff on security practices. Basically, stuff that they should have been doing years ago, they have not been doing running fast and loose. So, heads up. Now, on top of that, the FTC noted 
that Chegg did not notify all 40 million users and employees whose private info was exposed during these four breaches. So Chegg didn't tell you if you're a Chegg user, whether you're an educator, an employee, a student, whatever it is, heads up to you, Chegg's security sucks, and they are literally being forced by the federal government to improve. Not cool, Chegg. Not cool at all. Moving on, let's talk about Dutch mental health clinics, just a whole bunch of them in general, apparently, and this is depressing, pardon the pun, patients of... Dutch mental health clinics are being warned that um, that their personal records have fallen into the hands of attackers following a security breach at their online portal that quote-unquote guaranteed their privacy. Now, the Netherlands-based technology company Nedap closed, uh, uh, disclosed on October 25th a hacking incident of its KarenZorg.nl portal. And for the record, if you're in the Netherlands and you are watching or listening to this, I apologize for butchering your beautiful language because I'm about to. Now, that portal, the KarenZorg.nl, was used by thousands of healthcare institutions throughout the country to share uh, digital health records and personal data. The company says that it was made aware of a vulnerability in the KarenZorg.nl, also known as Karen should have probably remembered my own notes on that, but here we are, the morning of October 17th, and it, quote, resolved it immediately. However, a subsequent investigation determined that the vulnerability had been exposed by hackers to gain unauthorized access to patient records. Amongst the victims are 184 clients of mental health clinics, uh, Renier Van Arkel and Yips and Den Bosch. And I hope I pronounced those correctly. Again, I do not speak Dutch, but heads up to you. If you are in the Netherlands and you use mental health, hopefully your data is safe. Moving on, let's talk about MBDA. This is an American missile company, and this is an update because back in July, the Adrestia threat actor group uh, basically uh, claimed that they had stolen up to 60 gigabytes of sensitive data from MBDA, which, if you didn't know, is the world's second largest missile manufacturer. Now, upon publication of the stolen data at the time for sale for one Bitcoin on Russian forums, MBDA denied the claims. Now we've got proof. Now, the company released several press reports saying that, quote, MBDA is refuting the alleged hacking of the company's information systems and has filed a report with the police of an attempt to blackmail the company. Now, the series of statements went on to say there was no hack, but rather the information was stolen via a hard drive and then posted online. I remember reporting on this a while back. I went back and looked, and that's what I reported as well. But according to Cloud SEK publication, the information has now been leaked. You can go to the leak site and check it out. Now, the confidential PII, or personally identifiable information, of MBDA employees was, was also part of this. But everything else they got were, and let's go down the list, military sketches, documents underlying NATO's requirements, SOPs describing NATO's intelligence functions, employees who took part in the closed military projects of MBI, code named Plankton, Kronos, CA Sirius, EMADS, MCDS, B1NT, and more. Documentation of activities tying the MBDA to the Ministry of Defense of the EU, including drawings and presentations, video and 3D photo materials, design documentation of the air defense, missile systems of coastal protection, contract agreements, and correspondence with other players in the defense industry, such as Rampini Carlo, Netcom Group, Raphael, Tails, ST Electronics, and more. This is a seriously, serious seriously, seriously damning data breach that MBDA said, well, we had a stolen hard drive. Well, then how did it end up on a dark web leak site unless somebody was that sophisticated as a smash and grab to be able to sell that online? I think they got hacked. 
That's my opinion. I think there's going to be a massive investigation because this is a huge defensive hole uh, for basically the world, not just the United States, but obviously the EU and other countries as well. And finally... And this is a shorter week. Again, I am, uh, you know, I was unable to do this on Sunday, so it's a shorter week. I will definitely be playing catch up next week. We have to talk about Dropbox. That is our finally for today. I've never been a fan of this platform. Here's another reason why. Dropbox just disclosed a security breach after threat actors stole 130 code repositories after gaining access to one of the GitHub accounts used by Dropbox employees. Basically, they were using Dropbox employees' credentials that were stolen in a phishing attack. Now, the company discovered that the attackers breached the account on October 14th when GitHub notified it of suspicious activity that basically started one day before the alert was sent. And I quote, to date, our investigation has found that the code accessed by this threat actor contains some credentials, primarily API keys used by Dropbox developers, that according to Dropbox. And I continue, the code and the data around it also included a few thousand names and email addresses belonging to Dropbox employees, current and past customers, sales leads, and vendors. For context, Dropbox has more than 700 million registered users. I would unfortunately be one of those. I never use Dropbox, except when somebody sends me something via Dropbox. Now, the successful breach resulted from a phishing attack, as I mentioned, that targeted multiple Dropbox employees using emails impersonating the Circle CI continuous integration and delivery platform that redirected them to a phishing landing page where they were asked to enter their GitHub username and password. On that same phishing page, the employees were also asked to use their, quote, hardware authentication key as a one-time password, meaning they basically were spoofing the one-time password. So as they were logging in, they're actually giving over that second factor of authentication in their multi-factor authentication system, and then boom, the hackers are right in. Now, after stealing Dropbox's credentials, or Dropboxer's credentials, excuse me, the attackers gained access to one of Dropbox's GitHub organizations and stole 130 of its code repositories. As I mentioned, quote, these repositories included our own copies of third-party libraries, slightly modified for use by Dropbox, internal prototypes and some tools and configuration files used by the security team, end quote. Importantly, and I guess I continue to quote because uh, I missed that one, they did not include code for our core apps or infrastructure access to those repositories is even more limited and strictly controlled. Dropbox, on top of this, also added that the attackers never had access to customers' accounts, passwords, or payment information, and its core apps and infrastructure were not affected as a result of this breach. Now, here's why I find this to be perfectly interesting, and and quite frankly interesting, is that we can look at something like LastPass. LastPass recently went through a breach, I want to say a month or two ago, and said, oh, it hit the business side of the, the, the aisle, it did not hit the internal repositories, just like Dropbox is saying it did not infect their core production environment that should be considered secure right now. But if they're able to gain that kind of access, they're able to gain, uh, you know, basically access to code libraries. Are there any modifications that they could have made? Or could these attackers have gotten a roadmap into basically getting into Dropbox further that could allow them to leverage access or let's say compromise the internal network further that could potentially get them access to the more sensitive and secured locations like all of our accounts. So this is something that we have to watch. It's the same uh, argument I basically made or same issue I had with LastPass 
when they're saying, oh, well, our users are safe, our users are fine, nobody was touched, good luck. Well, yeah, but if you're compromised on the business side, you have business folk that get access to that. So if they go looking, the attackers, or they are that sophisticated, they may able be able to leverage a more in-depth attack right now. So for all we know, there is more threat inside Dropbox that they are not seeing as an advanced persistent threat. So we're going to see what happens here. That's a huge issue. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. Also on Mastodon now at Nick AESP. I've been there for years, but I'm trying to add that in too. Also YouTube. Feel free to ring that bell. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everyone.